Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone spelled woe period begone wherever you listen to podcasts or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts have fun and see you later Welcome to episode 32 of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and I'm drowning the entire party, either above ground or below. And with me I have... James Ross. Bryn Monroe. Lydia Nicholas. Ben Meredith. And who are you playing? Sir Bertrand McGuffigan. Hamid Salah Haroon Al-Taham. Sasha Rackett. Zov Smith. And, as I may have slightly spoiled earlier, everyone's drowning. <laughs> everyone's drowning. I'm actually oh, so less drowning than... No, none of us are drowning. There's no spoilers for me. I'm not actually drowning. There's no hint of drowning, apart from that massive hint about me drowning. So, <laughs> maybe soon I'm going to drown. I mean, there was the doom. Is doom! it? Is it, is it that's more specific. That's not necessarily yeah. wet doom. Is yeah, it just you dr- might get electrocuted <laughs> in water. Yeah. I mean, in that case, does it count as drowning? For fall forwards, like you can drown in an inch of water. Yeah, yeah you're the concussed most... by the electric. That's it's just Bertie's drowning. Drowning in bureaucratic inadequacy. Right, all right, fair enough. There so we go. The metaphor. We've, we've all been so convinced of our death, we've been discussing backup characters. I maintain yeah. one of our backup characters should be the pessimistic train driver. <laughs> <laughs> Do you search for traps? Yes. Doom! <laughs> Are there traps? No, but there's doom! Um, Pretty sure I found some doom here. <laughs> so we are still on our way to Paris, and the party is split, with Bertie taking the normally safer train. Which admittedly has a little bit of flooding in, not too much, but it is a lightning powered train in a slightly flooding tunnel. So that's a combo that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we have the rest of the party deciding to take a tiny little driftwood dinghy, effectively. Not deciding, got told to. Well, mm-hmm. they decided to support you. Bert- Bertie true. is almost exactly 800 feet below us right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm being very careful. <laughs> sure the point. Are we, are we, where are, who's, who's winning the race? Well, he can't know. There's no way he can know. But you know. Yeah, of course I know. But we're curious. Yeah, everyone is. That's 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 the nature of narrative. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I could explain stories to you. Let's jump back to everyone who's currently in the eye of the storm. Oh, Uh, Oh, well done, Zoth. You've got to... Slumped over uh, the thing. Like, oh, it's calmed right down. Uh, I should spell out actually for listeners. Currently, Sasha's slumped over your stepping, stepping stone. stone. Yeah. Zolf's doing the kicking. The irony of this is, is <laughs> phenomenal, by the way. And then we have Hamid, who is currently sat on top of a capsized driftwood boat, grabbing tightly to just the, holding um, on to everything because to the keel. That said, the wind has died now that you're in the yes. centre of it. So suddenly, it's I'm eerily still calm. holding on tightly because I'm still quite scared. Actually, thinking about it. This is probably just the eye of the storm. What does that mean? That means it's coming back. 
Oh, right. Well, like, I thought that you... We've, we've probably got a couple of minutes, so we need to get back and get prepared. Cooey! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to... I'll help you kick. Nice fight. Ahoy! Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <I> Hammett. <have it. laughs> Are you prestidigitated yeah. into, like, a sailor boy with the kind of... I love the idea of you sitting no wearing goose fat and pants. <laughs> 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 I tell you what he's wearing. He's wearing chinos, uh, sandals, <laughs> uh, a pastel shirt, and a sweater tied around his shoulders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wearing Jack Wills. Yeah. So we'll skip ahead and say for the sake for the sake of speed, right. you managed to reconvene Jack Wills and the, the soppy pair. <laughs> oh wow! So we crossed fifty foot. I for the sake of my sanity, yes. Oh, okay. Good. And the, the stepping stone lasts for. Three minutes, oh, so right. it's enough time to go. So you are there, and it is beginning to. Someone who's been counting the seconds <laughs> for yes. quite a long time. We'll we'll say you have reconvened with the boat again. The water's Hello, bordering on calm, and the stepping stone is expiring. Okay. What, what are we going to do, Zol? Turn the boat over and get back in. You can do that. I'm going to roll profession sailor. Maybe? Good. It's really easy. Um, oh, okay. You grab a line from the mast, and you essentially someone needs to break the air pocket. Mm. And then you haul on the line while leaning on the keel. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I've, I've done do that. Okay, I've done it. Yes. yes, I'm trying to re- I'm remembering I did sailing. Profession. We should do what Bryn told us to do. <laughs> <laughs> what I say is a profession sailor check to know what to do and how to do it. 15. 15. And then I would require strength checks from the whole party to basically achieve it, although the DC is not particularly high, because I've done this as well, well and now it's not actually that difficult. I'd get the most leverage <laughs> by quite some way the tallest. The, yeah. Well, the two, the two of you should get on the keel yeah. while and I swing. try and just break the air pocket, because you can do that without too much effort. Okay. Because the air pocket creates suction, Sorry. which holds Ooh. the boat in position. So... I'm doing really well on the boat stuff. So I, I rolled a seven. While I'm touching the so boat. So stay on the boat. Just stay yeah. on the boat. Yes. Can't swim, but oh gosh, a so, natural sailor. So we've got Zolf, who six. Has, a, has a powerful six there. We've got Sasha, who's rocking the natural 20, and Hamid. Also a six. Right. What we'll say <laughs> is... From the other direction. Modifier, although it's a natural 20, it is down to 19. So Zolf and Hamid, between them, get in each other's way and just end up just fluffing it. You just... Like an elegant seagull, but stronger. <laughs> <laughs> like a porpoise. What must be for my chips? <laughs> like yeah, just I swing the boat. Now that Bertie's removed from the equation, suddenly you're the hench one, <laughs> and it totally <laughs> plays out that way. You're just like, oh, I can solve this with brute force. Yeah. And yeah, it, you do. You effectively they do enough so that it's possible, and you do the vast majority of the work and tip the boat back upright again. And it's draining water out as you are still. And we'll still will need to bail as well. Somehow, I'm guessing that I do something that twists my body that makes it basically a dex check, which is the thing that I've got. I do not have almost strength, certainly, but yeah, almost it's, certainly. It's, it's a beautiful ballerina-like effect, and then I splash into the water, giggling. And I will allow <laughs> you to take ten to actually get in. Right. We don't have. That any was way. fun. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any way to propel ourselves. Um, there's still the oars. They're locked on. Well, they're locked on. They were good. <laughs> I was definitely busy. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, we've got that. It means we're not stranded. Good. The sail is still flapping. I mean, even with the slight sodden. breeze, it's just sodden and it's just flapping because it was detached so that it wasn't pulling you along, but it's still dragging, so the ship's still tilting left and right. I'm going to untie it and take it down. It would require you to untie it in two places, the base of the mast and the top of the mast. Yep. You want me to climb up there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. I'll, I'll do the bottom bit. Okay, um, I'll just, we'll just take the time. I'll let you pick. Uh, One is much flashier, but with higher cost, i.e. acrobatics. Flipping your way to the top <laughs> of the mast. I've got, I've got vastly higher acrobatics. And go, go, go so for flashy. Flashy it is. 10 plus 9, 19. Yeah, you've, you've flashily acrobatic <laughs> yourself. I cartwheel up the mast. <laughs> <laughs> and then land and do a curtsy. And because it's it was... the only curtsy Sasha's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and because all of the masts are done properly, it's very it's much easier to untie when done properly. So I start folding up the sail because folding a sheet is a thing Hamid can do. Yeah, 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 there you go. There's that training. <laughs> At which point we'll cut back to Bertie with the driver still sat in the co-driver chair with you sat in the driver chair and the driver's just under his breath. Right, so where is this elemental? He just looks at you and points out of the window and there's 
effectively a five foot step of just machinery and all that kind of things and then straight after it is a huge large it almost looks like a boiler large sheet metal however every time a drop of water drops from the ceiling it just <laughs> lightning off the top of it well uh, is there any way of detaching the uh, elemental carriage as it were uh, from the rest of the train uh, there's a th- we can detach the engine from the train yes what would that achieve I'm trying to consider a way in which it is possible to set a... Who are you? I am Sir Bertrand McGuffingham. All right. Good, as you told, we'll move on. So, with that firmly established, well, I cannot possibly wait for a day. I have important business matters. Well, you're welcome to walk. He gestured, don't walk. You'll die. You say the engineers are definitely coming in a day? Definitely a day. Probably. How probably is probably? Well, it depends if the... Flood, I mean, it, the, the tunnel goes down before it goes up, so it could be completely flooded further up. I mean, that'd, that'd be a big deal. That'd be a few days to remove it. In fact, the engineering team from Dover would probably get here before the, the prison ones now. Think about it. <sighs> would it be possible to exit safely from the other end of the train, walk back to Dover, and, and achieve some other alternative form of progress to Calais? Oh, you all want to catch a boat. It's dead stormy. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps an airship. You know, this idea of this electricity-powered undersea vehicle in a flood-prone environment gives you a wonderful idea for an airship filled with hydrogen, perhaps. Well, that's not a bad idea. I mean, we use air elementals, but, I mean, they're very, very temperamental. In a way that hydrogen certainly isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, he sort of reaches underneath and he starts pulling some wires. Right, he hands you a piece of cabling. Drop this at the end of the train, the far end. What we'll do is we'll route all of the power across to the breakers at the far end of the train so everything ahead of the train ain't getting electrified. Perfect. Excellent. Let's give this a go. Yeah. Yes. He hands it to you. Sebastian takes it and gradually pulls the tube back to the train. You walk about ten feet and then pull up short. It might be a bit of effort. And what, what is it that's holding it in place? <laughs> Effectively bolts. He's rewiring the train on the fly. You're effectively having to haul it manually. Either remove every single individual bolt and slowly take some cabling and run it the length of the train, or just haul it and pop bolts on the way. Sir Bertrand McGuffingham is going to pull a cable out using brute force. For the sake of my sanity, rather than doing a hundred strength checks, Let's not do we'll that. just we'll just say you take ten yeah, across the board. Yeah, and it takes a long time. How long is a long time? Cutting back to the start. <laughs> <laughs> The water is starting to get very, very choppy again, and the wind is starting to pick up again, and you can visibly see the storm front on the far side of the eye moving towards you and the light failing. Profession Saver, how quickly is that storm front going to hit? Give me the check. Nat 20. Nat 20? <laughs> you know exactly. Nat, with, <laughs> with a check. Hitting a DC of 30. Yeah. So what happens is you know that it will be with you in probably a minute. It's moving fast. Exactly. However... The benefit is that because of the nature of how it's moving and you've managed to keep track more or less of its direction, you know like the direction of France and so as a result you know realistically that you're you're at the halfway point, give or take. Oh good. Um, we right. should tie ourselves to the boat this time, I think. Yes, we've got about a minute. Uh, let's get on that now. I, I will tie them sailor, so to the boat. Yeah, I'm gonna let yeah. you do it. Go for it. Uh, we... give me three separate ones. Sure. So, starting with yourself, okay. then Sasha, then Hamid. Me. Uh, 17. Okay. Ooh, Sasha, uh, 26. Hamid, uh, 20. I love the idea that both Sasha and Hamid are effectively like roped from ankle to neck. Just no, like. no, 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 no. You have one single line that's quite long because if the boat capsizes again, you don't want to be stuck to it in a place which puts you underwater. Sasha, grab an oar. I grab an oar. Uh, Hamid, call the oar strokes. Okay. <laughs> like a boat race, yeah? Yes, I've seen them. <laughs> yes, right. Good. Oh, that's a point, actually. Like, yeah, Hamid, if he was doing that, he would totally be coxswain. That is completely what oh, he would be a, do. Oh, he'd be an excellent cox yeah. as well. He'd be all yeah. over it. Yeah. He'd be fantastic. All you really need is not much mass and rhythm, and that's it, really. Hamid has those Hammond in has spades. all yeah. of the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Which point... He'd be prestidigitating the boat to have the sparkles coming <laughs> off the oars. I, I recolour my top to be light blue. <laughs> <laughs> At which point the storm front hits again. Okay. It's it's I start very powerful again. Right, uh, try row. To get underway and actually set off, give me the rowers give me strength check. Cool. Yeah, and I'll turn to, I'll turn to Sasha and say, basically pull when he tells us to stay in rhythm with me. 
Okay, you're going to probably have to hold yourself yes. back slightly yes. to no not unbalance the, the boat. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's, so, it's so much is based on yeah, technique. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I will be trying to keep up with Sasha because I'm the expert and also yeah, stronger. Uh, the reason I had you the oar is because you have the height, which have it just be like, uh, like exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also because Harry is very strong. Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what the DC was. Let's just say it was really close, as close as it's possible oh, to be. In fact, 15. the fact that we got the exact same score means yeah. that for a while we're actually in sync. You know yeah. what? You actually, yeah, you start pulling away. You start making progress, yeah. removing the sail. Great idea. Should have probably done that from the start, but you had to show Poseidon you had some faith. I get it. It makes sense. Long story short, you start making some actual headway. It's really hard going for all of you, in fact, because Hamid's still having to do all of this through ridiculous seasickness. So you're all handling it quite well. Cutting back to Bertie, you've managed to haul cabling the length of the compartments with all of the people poking their heads out. So what's going on? Oh, oh, oh. Sir Bertrand McGuffingham is saving the day, rerouting the power to the back of the train in order to save the innocent civilians encased within it, trapped 20,000 leagues under the sea. You see um, Campbell's head poking out. Now, Mr. Campbell, yes, how would you like to accompany me on one of my adventures? Hmm? Yeah, certainly, okay. Excellent. Sir Bertrand opens one of the doors on the outside of the train carriage and just pushes Campbell out uh, onto <laughs> the edge. Does Brutal trot after him? Not him Brutal's, no, Brutal is safely in the papoose at this right. point. Bertie is not fool enough to let Brutal test whether the water's electrical anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Having pulled all of the cabling through, the cabling is running currently through the central compartment corridor. Anyone spot a problem with this? No? No, okay. it's fine. Um, which Bertie one? doesn't. So you open the door. The second that you open the door, there's arcing lightning in the doorway. It's quite painted that if you push him out, he'll die. Right. I won't stop you from doing so, by the way. But he, he, it, he will patently pushed, die. He's only being pushed out as a test, so there's no point in doing you, it if I know that that's going to be In front of the train, it, there's still arcing lightning. So the <laughs> driver effectively comes down the whole length looks at you and goes, um, it's a good job actually, I'm pretty impressed. Mm. I mean, now we're going to be putting, you know, lightning through the middle, sort of. No one touched the cable. There we are, good. Safety notice issued. Alright. <laughs> All doomed. Uh, he then sort of opens the rear door, so you've gone, effectively you reached the cargo mm-hmm. statement, so he sort of opens it, pokes his head out. Alright, this'll do. He climbs down the ladder, Gestures for you to pass him the cable. Pass him the cable. He then proceeds to hang around and goes, Right, okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tie all this off. You're going to stay here. I'm going to go to the front. Just try and, you know, switch the circuit breaker. And you make sure it doesn't, you know, explode. What do I do if it does explode? He then proceeds to start heading off. (laughs) (laughs) Bugs takes... uh, Okay, so once the cable is tied off, um, he takes several paces backwards. Sure. You wait a few minutes. Eventually you hear a... Starts, you know, something's clearly revving up. At which point, you start seeing minor arcs of lightning running down the cable in the middle of the train. It's really badly insulated, this cable. Oh, it's, it's not intended to be inside a train at all. <laughs> at which point, yeah, there's small arcs, but it's not comparable to the huge yeah. random arcs earlier. And congratulations, you've rerouted the power of a train through the train, mm-hmm. and you now have a live wire so no one can leave the compartments. And then the driver calls from the front Front's clear! Uh, Bertie takes ten to carefully step around the cable all the way to the front of the train. He's not going to step on the cable. <laughs> there are a lot of people plastered against the wall oh, each side of the carriage as, looking at this as, terrifying... As he's going down, all of the compartment doors are closed and every single person is backed up right to the edge of the glass going, what is going on? Oh my god. Just stay where you are, nothing to see here. Give me one reflex save for the simple reason that occasionally things are burning. 14 plus 2 is 16. 16? Yeah. <laughs> you make it back to the driver's carriage. There's lightning coming literally from a control panel down the length, and he's just looking at you going, this is a terrible idea. This is the worst idea. We're all doomed. <laughs> Not me. I'm getting out and walking now. You're right. He, he, he reaches across, pushes the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Bertrand McGuffingham will be escorting us to Calais on Foot. Repeat again, on foot, the train has been compromised and we'll be proceeding on foot. There we are. Uh, first, uh, as people gradually exit the train onto the, uh, the tracks. 
what starts happening is that people start trying to climb out of the windows onto the tracks because they can't go into the corridor because they'll die. Yep, there we go. Lovely. Now it takes ages. Some women have rather large dresses. Some men have enormous, ridiculously impractical clothing because they're dressing ostentatiously. And a lot of it's getting left in the carriages as people are... guessing a lot of them, they're carrying their most valuable possessions. They're going to try and carry their Oh, yeah, they're all, they're, all, they're all trying to pass out trunks and stuff through the windows. It's not happening. It's a complete train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, now that we have all achieved safety on the platform side, it is my duty, indeed my noble obligation, to go and seek help on the track ahead. Now it will be a dangerous journey. I don't require your praise or thanks right now. <laughs> However, <laughs> when help arrives, postal orders may well be sent to the following address. Now, I would suggest that you all, for your own safety, remain here on the platform side. I, myself, and uh, Mr. Campbell here will be proceeding ahead to Calais, uh, where he will document Journeys. <laughs> At which point the uh, the driver goes, oh, okay, I suppose. I feel like we could have just not. Okay, n- right. Um, meanwhile, all of this speech was done over the sound of um, crying, um, a couple of people yelling, and it's just it's just a nightmare. Campbell's kind of looking at you. Oh, do I need to do a diplomacy check or something to see what effect it has? Uh, you know what? G- yeah, give me the diplomacy cool. check. Would that count as retroactive pomp and pageantry? Because that's the sort of thing that Bertie would do if that's what. <sighs> I'll allow you the pomp and pageantry, and for the sake of my patience, I won't get you do any more. Okay, fair enough. 15 plus diplomacy, 3 plus pomp and pageantry, 1 is 19. 19, bear in mind the most ridiculousness of the situation yep. that you've gotten everybody into. Yep. They are neither for you nor against you. No one's blaming you for anything currently, but no one's cheering your name. Fair enough. <laughs> Campbell's looking at you a bit nonplussed, but okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, Campbell doesn't realise that he's a human crash test dummy. Not so, at all. No. <laughs> Presumably you start marching in the direction that one presumes is Calais. Well, It's the one the train's pointing at. Yeah, the one the train is <laughs> not from. That's, that's the dead train. Do I do perception check? Uh, and oh, yeah, we two minus one would be one if a perception check were required. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the bird can tell which way a train is going. Well, maybe you start going in the wrong direction and Campbell takes you by the shoulders. <laughs> 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 well, the train driver looks That was a test. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Campbell. You have passed the first test. Congratulations. As you you will make off. an excellent amanuensis and my as you walk off, there is obviously the receding um, cries of people and people yelling and things like that. And you just hear trailing after you a very faint. Yes, we've had enough of that. Thank you. At which point, with Doom following you down the subterranean tunnel, we'll call a break there and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Acast and Befaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidesrætter alle de der podcast og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. If you could subscribe to us on Rusticore Gaming via iTunes rather than just listening, that means you'll get all the latest episodes downloaded automatically so you don't have to miss anything and can listen later without internet access, which is helpful. And that will really help our rankings. And with higher rankings, we can get more listeners, which means we can make more content. Simple. Remember, we are also available on just about every other podcast app, so if you aren't using iTunes, you can still do this. You could leave iTunes reviews. Uh, reviews are really important as it lets people know to give us a shot. We're only worth the things that people say about us, really. We don't have an advertising budget, so word of mouth is really important for us. 
you can get in touch with us via Twitter at The Rusty Quill or look us up on Facebook. Anytime that you share our content, we'll always give you a shout out. You can check out the fan forum. Just go to rustyquill.com and click on the forums tab. There you can find in-depth discussions about roleplay and your favourite podcast and you can chat with us and the crew. And finally, just keep mentioning us online. If you run a blog, let people know about your favourite podcast. That's us. Write a review, chuck some fan art online, which we love. Let us know and we will give it a shout out. Finally, we are working flat out to bring the Magnus archives out. We've already had a bunch of episodes ready and they are sounding horrible, but the good kind of horrible. The horror kind of horrible, not the bad audio kind of horrible. And we're just finishing off editing and doing our final checks. When it does launch, be sure to give it a listen, as we'll need as many reviews, likes, shares and tweets as possible. Thank you for listening and we really hope you enjoy this episode. And welcome back. So with that, we will cut across to the people in the storm who are doing okay. Yay. You haven't capsized. You're Hooray. making slow progress with the rowing. I haven't capsized again. You've managed to... Well, yeah. <laughs> You've managed to coordinate yourselves. However, the storm is again obviously getting worse as you're moving into the depths of it. With that in mind, everyone give me perception checks. Seven. 21. 16. Okay. So, I've just passed a note to uh, Lydia. Golly. Carrying on, the um, you continue to make progress, but the storm, if anything, feels like it's at its worst currently. You're in a much better position. It helps as well that you're not massively weighed down, like the less weight and so on, and just you're... Yes, you're, we're down one trident and chain mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, that on oh your no, character sheet. Oh no, you lost your weapon. Oh yeah, no, that's that's why I threw it though, because it's my that is my pencil. Give me that back. I need to rub my stuff off. So and my mace, I'm going to chuck that as well because it's part of the Sure, that's fine. So you're making progress, but I don't you're, think I've lost any of you're my daggers. definitely in the worst, like the absolute worst of the storm. But again, Zol from your earlier sail profession, you're you're nearly you're nearly breaking the back of it. Anyone doing anything apart from just staying the course? Can you describe a bit of what we're seeing? So. so Surrounded by you, there are towering waves sort of peaking up and then breaking down. So they're not really crashing, it's more on those big swells because there's nothing for them to crash on. As you're on a very, very light vessel that's very buoyant, you tend to be riding, skimming across the top rather than, you know, plowing through any of them. What tends to happen is when you're rowing, you're actually just killing the momentum of the waves that are trying to take you back the way you've come and then you're effectively just riding the wave down in the direction you want to go. There's the occasional flash of lightning which just highlights all of the wave crests and so on. It's a very, very Zolf. like dynamic landscape. Zolf. Yes? Uh, like the, the, is there usually like stuff in the water? Uh, what stuff? Like, right, just, just like curvy stuff like in the water. Like there's, you see that? It looks like a big bangle. Like someone's left a massive bangle in the Another world. streak of lightning arcs across the sky, um, highlighting the thing that I have told you about and no one else. Right, like, because that looks a lot like a finger now. Like, there's something just coming out. Just, I just don't know, do you usually have them? I like look big, where Sasha is. Big, shiny fingers. You can't out make out what she's pointing out, but I would say from your earlier checks, this is peculiar like there's been a sudden marked step up in how bad the storm is from like it was it was sort of decreasing deeper oh whoa where did this come from briefly uh, is it maybe some kind of wreck like maybe Does yeah it... like, i don't know a ship's made of like metal usually shiny metal yeah well it might be that i don't i don't know so, like there's a lot of lightning point out where is it at where it is. Give me a perception check, both of you. It's incredibly difficult to see. Uh, Sasha's obviously got a line on it. Uh, Are you looking, Hamid? Yep, uh, 23 for me. 23? 27. You know what? Pass, uh, pass <laughs> Hamid just to bully Ben for once. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like, you know, like it, it could be a mast of like a ship. There might be another ship. Um, I, I don't think that's a, a ship. What? I can't see anything. It, it looks like a... a an appendage. Like what? a finger, like I said, like fingers yeah. made of metal. Uh, but it's made of metal. It looks like something from the simulacrum almost. All but of you bigger. hear an enormous like some waves breaking, like actually breaking in the direction that they've been pointing, you still can't see it. It's really big, Zolf. Uh I don't I, I don't know. This is not no, this does right not over there! <laughs> Can't see. No, I can't see anything. It's all this, shiny. This does not happen. You this do, is not. You do, however, see large amounts of waves breaking and approaching the vessel. 
You still can't see what's making them. You're, well, uh, the no other two are only getting breaking. glimpses of what this is. But there's a there's a, a there's, V. There is a ploughing V powering towards. There's the definitely something coming this way, so I say we run it's, away from it. It's huge. It's apt, like genuinely and mechanically, you're looking at gargantuan. Good. That's great. absolutely enormous. That's fine. It's as big as a meritocrat. What? It's powering towards you further. Uh, it's I, I, creating a bow wave bigger than the waves that you're currently sailing thing? over. Like, does it I, have no. No! Just stop rowing and hold on! All right. An enormous roar as if by a thousand machine dying in pain. Is that normal? No! At which point, the bow wave disappears, and you finally, Zolf, catch a tiny glimpse. Oh, can I read it then? Can I read, can I read the note? Uh, you may read the note and tell me how you would describe seeing that disappearing beneath the waves. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so Zolf, you see the tip of a huge metallic, metallic tentacle just slip beneath the waves and it's as if there was nothing there. Uh, is that normal? No. no! Cut back to Bertie. You're currently trudging about knee deep in water um, mm-hmm. along this tunnel and it's slowly dipping downwards so the water levels very very slowly over sort of miles creeping up okay fair i continue to trudge on forwards okay um, in a tank i'm i'm i've uh, taken my armor off oh. i took it off a little bit earlier presumably you're carrying it in uh, uh, on yeah, your back in yeah backpack, blah, 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 and sure. uh, Crump, is a long Crump, in the papoose because he's presumably his head will not stay above water <laughs> so yeah you keep going you keep going or would it can he swim have you ever tried? For 17 miles! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Clunk, yeah. clunk, 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 the water level rises to your waist. Mm-hmm. You're still going. You've now been going a couple of hours because obviously it's very slow going yeah. through water that high. Um, you're getting slower and slower till eventually it's up at chest height for you. And yeah. uh, Campbell's going, um, Sir Bertrand, I, I think this is about as far as I go, Sir Bertrand. I think I might be turning back. This was a terrible idea. I disagree. Off you go. Cowardice, is it, Campbell? Mm. He's still holding, by the way, the sketchbook with all of the writing that he had <laughs> that was about you above his head over the water. I fear I may have misjudged you, Sir Bertrand. Very well, well, best of luck. And he sort of turns around and really <laughs> slowly starts moving away, given that the majority of his body's underwater. <laughs> and you just hear him occasionally muttering, going, not protagonist material at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's lucky he didn't get electrocuted. <laughs> right, so what I would like to do is I would like to attempt to track how far through the tunnel I have gone using, I would guess, something along the lines of an outdoors skill. That would actually probably be a survival check, wouldn't it? That's what I mean, yeah. Do you have survival as a skill? Uh, yes. I'm at minus one for it because it is wisdom based. <laughs> cool, so I'm trying to work out basically assuming that everything is like it's a uniform dip, basically how long I would have sure, to sure. swim underwater. Oh, natural one. <laughs> so you you accidentally go well. turned the wrong way around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with, oh I've, got, I've got through it. It's getting smaller. Oh, I think yeah. with a natural Train. one, I would have to catastrophically underestimate the amount of underwater swimming that I would have to do. You're probably almost there. You've uh, probably gone about 15 of the 17 miles, you reckon? Uh, genuinely, you're basically there. A couple of minutes. And in fact, you see off to one side, there is a service tunnel appears to be open like uh, there's like a, a door or you know like the, yeah. you can have the sort of nooks and crannies yeah, yeah. and it appears to have a stairway leading up. up it leads up but it's off to the side so basically okay so i want basically i want to play this one sincerely okay so it's not far to swim treat the information that i'm giving you yeah as if it is exactly perfectly described and you hadn't rolled a one okay okay so you feel like if you were to carry on along your current route yeah you're probably there like maybe 20 minutes maximum but that's underwater 20 minutes no 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 no. the water's probably going to go i mean it's it's not above your head yet it's probably going to go down and then there's a service tunnel off to your left which has stairs leading up you're going to be fine Bertie. Mm. i think uh, this is the thing though like welcome to the conundrum of separating character and player yeah knowledge. well it's... i mean i think even even Bertie would realize that it's probably going to go under underwater at some point and to, clarify, to clarify to yeah. clarify i'm not saying you have to I'm, I'm presenting you with options yeah uh, actually here's a peek behind the curtain when it comes to gming if someone's doing this kind of thing and rolling a natural one it isn't do the terrible thing that you think's a bad idea yeah it's present the character and the player with something that they think's a good idea like that doesn't make you more stupid it just means that you've grossly underestimated or, or misrepresented something so again i wouldn't normally do this as a peek behind the curtain for all you know that stairs up 
is so much worse a decision yeah. than just going on. But similarly, going on may be so much worse. The whole yeah. point is you leave it so that the player themselves are okay. as non-plus. Okay. I think Bertie is, I mean, he's fundamentally lazy. So wading through a lot of water at neck height is hard. So I think he probably is going to go for the service tunnel and go up the stairs. I think that is what he is going to try and do. Okay. So that is what he does. Yeah. Takes um, Bruto up in the papoose, mm-hmm. up to the service tunnel, and starts climbing the stairs. Turns so. out it was a painted door. French. <laughs> 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 Got roadrunners. Hilarious. Yeah. 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 So you start up this narrow service tunnel. It's extremely narrow, like yeah. barely as wide as your shoulders. And it leads up... Unarmoured shoulders or armoured? Unarmoured. Okay, cool. Because I'm still unarmoured. You wouldn't be able to wear armour in this corridor. Okay, cool. So you're climbing up the um, stairs and eventually you only go up, say, 30 feet and you find yourself up onto a metal grating, a metal grate. In a narrow tunnel, you can barely stand up. There is a tunnel leading behind you, back the way you've come, tunnel leading ahead, which isn't wet. And there is a tunnel leading to the left which appears to lead even further into a side tunnel. Are you taking stairs upwards, if that is an option? No, as in there was the stairs up to this crossroad, and then there are three options on the flat. One towards, presumably, Calais. One towards Dover, presumably, and one doubling back on yourself across the roof of the tunnel. I think I might try and see what is through the alternate... Take the cross one Mm -hmm. to see what is up and down that. Okay, crossing it again. Mm -hmm. You reach the end, it takes a left, it takes a right, you reach another crossroads. Again, they're, they're, this is incredibly narrow, it's not, yeah, huge, yeah. It's not a huge sprawling thing. Uh, does, it, does it seem exactly the same as the previous? No, they appear in different directions. How do you mean they appear in different directions? So the T-junction does not appear to be mapping up the same way that the other T-junction did. Okay. So Bertrand wants to take what he considers to be the most direct route to Calais through the tunnels. You start walking in the way that you presume is the direction towards Calais. Yep. You encounter another crossroads. You can't decide if you're back where you started or whether you reach somewhere else. You're completely turned around. Okay. Just the countdown what... is running in his head. At yeah, exactly. Uh... So Bertrand McGuffingham in a tunnel conundrum. <laughs> Uh, the adventuring kit, that has rope in it, am I right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, cool. So Bertrand McGuffingham retraces his steps back to where he originally started, because there's only been two turnings, and even Bertie can remember two turnings. Can he? He goes back, unless he's done it, exactly, but I'm going to let Alex decide this. He believes, that, again, you're fairly... just a peek behind the curtain. Uh, what... <laughs> you're fairly certain you're back where you started. Okay. There is a staircase leading down. Right. Okay. Uh, Bertie lets one end of the... 30-foot rope? Is that the standard unit of rope? Yep. Yes. Yeah. One length of the 30-foot rope down tied to some innocuous object that isn't particularly heavy. Um, so I think I've still got... I've got an eel in a bun. I'm going <laughs> to... Oh, that's got to be rancid. Tie the rancid eel in a bun you to one end of the rope. You're storing what's dead left of the eel in a bun yep. in your presumably an empty bottle or something because there's no way that's solid anymore. I, in that case, I use the empty bottle, in inverted commas, empty bottle. It's got the... So a bottle of eel in a bun. Bottle of eel in a bun. I use that as a dead weight to weight it down without having to tie the other end to anything. It's only been three days. Yeah. It's just rancid. It's not liquefied. You <laughs> use it squid bait. Bertie then takes uh, the rope following behind him um, and then proceeds back in the direction that he thought was Calais. You do so and... Keep encountering these crossroads, and then suddenly, after maybe sort of ten minutes of hang on, no, it was a left. Yeah, it was left. It was left. Go the left. No, no, double back. Stupid. And eventually, you find that you've managed to cross the rope. <laughs> so the rope is now crossed over itself. You are so utterly lost. No. You are so utterly, utterly lost. You could retrace the rope, looping back round on yourself, crossing the crossroads that you're at to get back to where you dropped the bottle. Right. Does the adventuring kit contain anything along the lines of pen, paper, that sort of stuff? A piece of chalk or a yeah, charcoal yeah, yeah. stick or something like that. Okay. So Bertrand McGuffingham then attempts to uh, he retraces his steps back to the original bottle with the rancid eel in a bun <laughs> in it. He then proceeds again in an attempt to map out, storing in his massive mind, <laughs> <laughs> what happens if this he. Is a shed. If he yeah, that's basically mind it. His mind shed. shed. Mind shed. If, he, if he keeps turning, if he goes left at every single turn, left, 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 does he at any stage then encounter a cross rope? Yes. Right. He retraces it. He does After that. After just three turns, surely. Yes. Three turns. <laughs> Very well. All right. Brutal looks up at you. And whilst dogs can't be sceptical, Brutal looks very sceptical. <laughs> Fat lot of good you are. <laughs> <laughs> go on then, Calais boy, go on. Bertie, like, just 
wafts Brutal around in the air, hoping he'll get the smell of like garlic and he onions sniffs, around he sniffs, the bicycle. He sniffs. He turns down one corridor that has a rope down it. Uh, Bertie, uh, very well. <laughs> Onward. Forwards, forwards, forwards. Another turning. No. Onwards. Follow Brutal. No. Onwards. <laughs> he manages to finally lead you back to the stairs that you originally took. To the service entrance. To the delicious rancid eel. To the delicious rancid eel. You have wasted so far two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's just oh, that's just better trying to find where you can. And left that's his how keys. you handle a natural one in that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> right. I've lost two and a half hours. Isn't my natural one now expended? Your natural one is now Thank expended. You. Okay. Do you do you bang your head on a pipe and go, Oh, it's obvious now? <laughs> <laughs> That way, it's called a right angle. Cut back to our team who've been encountering things. Who knows what. So, it disappeared without a trace. A few minutes go by. Nothing happens. We just keep keep rowing. That's not. I don't know what the heck that was. Stroke. Stroke. (laughs) Yeah. Stroke. Stroke. I can't help feeling it's stroke, stroke. What is that? Stroke, 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 stroke. <laughs> yeah, he's got the one thing that he's very good at is maintaining pace. So you keep Under going. Stress. We'll say that eventually, you know, a good 40 minutes, an hour has passed, two hours has passed, three hours has passed. Finally, the storm starts to lessen on you. Um, you, you guys have been rowing for ages. You should probably take a break. I bet your arms of, are really yeah, tired. Both of you give me fatigue checks. Is that a fault? Yeah. Yes. Natural 20. <laughs> uh, 24. You guys are on it! Yeah. What I mean, you, my just, is minus one. You've just got to be on the boat. Oh, fort save. Oh, it's a two. You've, you've just got to be on the boat. That's all it is. As long as you're on the boat, you're doing great. Yeah. I just, it's, like the, it's like touch wood. Really works. <laughs> 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 so, no, you've... You Actually keep really a, works. Keeping a really good rhythm, I think. I can keep going, how about you? Yeah, I'm fine. This is great. Right, Sasha's loving it. Let's keep going. <laughs> I'm quite used to dangling have on you, my fingertips as you, I crawl around buildings, so... Have yeah. you considered a, a, a profession as a sailor? Just just keep yourself on a boat and you're great. I, I mean, if there's stuff to climb up on, I mean, can you sneak around on boats very well? Big ones, yeah. Right, alright. Proper as ones. <laughs> as this conversation plays out, Hamid, give me a perception check. You are consumed by a massive 15. Office. You see, at the very edge of your vision, straining your eyes, what could be the coast. Dead ahead, you are beelining towards it. Is it the right coast, though? It's a giant metallic tentacular yeah. coast. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a mouth. Oh, I think we might be nearly there. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, Cut back oh, to... Oh, that's a shame. This has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back to Bertie. Right. You've so, managed to get yourself back to where you started. Uh, okay. As in when you entered the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I think Bertie's now going to attempt to crawl down the Calais-bound tube, which he can now correctly identify, presumably. Yes. Yes. Bertie crawls down the Calais-bound tube. Okay, crawl's the right word, because as you're going, it starts to get narrower. It's a service tunnel. It's yeah. not something for walking down. Eventually, you find yourself going on all fours down this filthy, absolutely filthy tunnel. It's a... It's an emergency maintenance tunnel. It's not yeah. intended for traffic. Is Brutal ahead or behind you? You tell me. Uh, I think Brutal is probably ahead. Okay. So yeah, Brutal's leading the way. It's the right size for him. Yeah. He's trotting along quite happily. Yep. But your side keeps scraping against the side, your armour occasionally clanking and catching up. <laughs> Having to unraffle it and keep going along. You're getting smeared in grease and filth. There's only first class on this train, my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Finally... After what seems like another couple of hours, at the very, very least, um, the tunnel starts to look a little bit more used, mm-hmm. uh, a little less filthy. It's still the same size and everything, but you get the impression that someone's been here along. You know, there's a soldering on that pipe. Yeah. There's, you know, this bit looks a little bit painted and things like that. And it finally starts to improve. Cutting back to the people on the boat, another couple of hours pass. It's slow going in that kind of choppy water. I will leave it for now, but eventually you start making it toward, yes, that is the coast. It's not Dover, at the very least. (laughs) It's Spain! (laughs) (laughs) But you are making it towards the coast. Seriously, I mean, how how far have we gone off We don't know yet. Don't know yet. Um, There's no harbour. You notice that you, there is a beach, like an uninhabited beach, but it is, you know, sand and land as opposed to cliffs and death. Mm. 
Presumably Good. you head towards that. Yeah. Sure. Um, we'll skip ahead the time. Finally, after God knows how long, <laughs> you pull up on the beach. The waves here, almost gentle. You turn around and you can just see it, the, the storm doesn't actually stretch the whole width of the horizon or anything, so it's quite small, which again for you is very bizarre. That's incredibly intense for something so small. And yeah, you can see, you can see the bounds of the storm that you were in. It and it's still raining, so we're soaked. It's still drizzling where you are, yes. Yeah. But it was torrential. You've basically been sat in salt water, occasionally taking time to bail out, or Hamid has been whilst he's been calling it. So you guys are, if you just swum, you'd be in exactly the same state, but you're on land. <laughs> You pull up on the sand. Should we just camp on the beach and try and dry out overnight? Yeah. I, I lie down on the beach and pass out and just sleep. That is, that is hours of physical labour. Oh, yeah, you'll be... Yeah. You may Natural not be fatigued in a mechanic... Well, they may not be fatigued in a mechanical sense, but that doesn't mean that, yeah, the oh, second man. that you get a break... Fatigued is where you're so tired that it's not a case of, ooh... I'll take a break when I have one. You're physically unable to continue uh, okay, the act. Like you haven't been able to get through the mental block. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Hamid, um, I'll try and find some wood for a fire. And um, I'll, set up, yeah. I'll set up one of the tents. Okay, good. We have tents? Yeah. Adventurous kit. An adventuring kit. It was lashed under, um, under the benches on the boat, so it's a bit wet, but it'll do. We'll skip ahead and presume everyone's taking some tens here and there. Yes, and I do not use the boat. Thanks, <laughs> 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 Poseidon. Now to burn it. <laughs> you start collecting driftwood. There's plenty. There's been a storm recently. Um, a lot of it's wet and will require a bit of stacking to dry out and so on. It's all stuff you've done before. And you set up the tents. Again, they're sopping wet on the inside. You'd be better to just set them up as some kind of tarpaulin or something. Cause... Bivouac. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what you're looking at. So we'll say you pull up a bit into amongst some trees and you set up a fire. And you find a high up on the beach, you reach down to what you think is driftwood and pull up something metal. Pull it out. It's trident. Hey! It's your trident. Good. I will look up the sky and go, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you, have, you find your trident amongst oh, just driftwood. I've rubbed it out. I've put it back again. <laughs> But that is, yeah, that's all you find. And you guys set up and dry out. Bertie, finally, after probably another couple of hours, you managed to drag yourself out of a service tunnel, dropping down onto an empty platform. Mm -hmm. It is clearly a platform, not just a, a service area. And you've come out of a sort of a staff-only doorway into a platform. It's quite gilded. It's quite nice. Lots of filigree and um, golden lacing and mm -hmm. bracketed cornicing and all that jazz. But there's no one there. Uh, Bertie uh, follows the signs for uh, the exit. So you, you do so, and eventually come up to, like, obviously ticket booths and so on. There's no one there. You keep going because there's nothing to stop you, really. Mm -hmm. And eventually you come up to the main entrance. There is a gate closed, and there is a man, you don't speak French, stood declaring in French loudly, bah, 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 bah. you can't hear what he's saying. There's lots of angry people on the other side that he's facing, and he's just gesticulating loudly. Blah, 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 so blah, basically, blah. it's like it was at Dover, but the queue's less ordered. <laughs> and uh, you're on the other side of the yes, gate. Uh, as this Everyone's slightly grumpier. No one, <laughs> no one sees you yet. Bertie comes, up, <laughs> Bertie comes up behind the uh, station person attempting to maintain order, just taps him on the shoulder. As he's turning, a woman begins to scream and some other people start backing away, stumbling over each other and there's lots of yelling in a language you don't speak. Mm -hmm. The station master turns, sees an abomination from the depths, dredged up from some briny hell, covered in filth and grime, looming with a bizarre shape as your bulky backpack completely distorts your profile. Oh, and you a dog dressed as a tiny adorable and sailor. And there's what looks like an incredible... <laughs> so it's like the, the Shirley Bassey hair has become tentative. Temple rather than Bassey. And what... Sh Shirley Bassey in rags, <laughs> dressed as a dog. Except, <laughs> as far as they're concerned, this is, a, this is an actual sailor who's dragging himself on all floors yep. beside you. And then the station master just screams. <laughs> no! Besides the sort of welcome I'd expect in France, really. <laughs> and I think we'll end it there. <laughs> well, it...
that was possibly the longest journey across the channel I've had in a game ever. Yeah, that was uh, unpleasant. We're not dead! We're not no dead. No one died, though. No one died. I really assumed I was going to die. There was a really strong chance Sasha and Zolf were going to die. There was, like, there was a couple of roles where if they hadn't come up high, they would have... Oh, yeah. If, if Bertie had attempted to swim, would he have died? Almost certainly, yes. Yeah, fair enough. Well, the thing is, is you wouldn't get blown overboard because you're the strongest and you're the heaviest. Oh, no, I think... No, but no, the no, second tunnel, that it tips over... I meant in the tunnel. tunnel. Oh, in the tunnel? Oh, well, I'm not going to tell you. Okay, fair enough. Ne never, never reveal that. What happens if you decide to double back? Check everyone's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Bertie would have taken his armour off because he, well, at first he wouldn't have got into the boat in the first place. He's not that much of an idiot. And if he was, he wouldn't have been wearing his armour. Oh, of course. Because, like, that's madness. Nonetheless, anyway. we'll wrap up there yep. and uh, we'll tune in next week for something that hopefully is a bit drier. Again, it sounds weird when I say stuff like that. <laughs> we'll, tu <laughs> we'll tune in next week for... Really when dry, deadpan. <laughs> 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 oh no, Lady Havisham. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial International License. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Alexander J. Newell. To comment on episodes, make donations, and view links, images, videos, and show notes, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at TheRustyQuill or email us at mail at RustyQuill.com. Thanks for listening. So there's no point doing you, it if I know that that's going to be... In front of the train, there's still arcing lightning. Why is that happening if he's still... If I've rerouted the electricity... Because you back? haven't rerouted it yet. Oh, right, okay. I said, you've hauled the cabling through. Right. You are now at the back of the train, holding a cable. Okay. I, in that case, I've dropped the cable. Is that not what's supposed to happen with rerouting? <laughs> I do whatever is required to reroute the electricity to the back rather than laboriously what going I through love, every single step. What I love step. is the frustration... Your command is not recognised. <laughs> what I love do you is the frustration... Like, Go yeah, like playing a text-based adventure on a person. It's like... <laughs> Just for once, I thought I'd get you as frustrated as Bertie. Right, fine. Okay. At which point, so you're at the end of the train. You I, should, I should point out that it's funny that Bertie gets frustrated because he's a terrible person. I am not a terrible person, <laughs> so you're just winding up somebody who's basically quite nice. So, Aww. just saying. Aww. Aww. If I say so myself, I'm a good person. Yeah, it's, well... it's okay, I'll add violins in the post. So, um, <laughs> so the... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.